Hello and welcome to Topop. I am Charlie Clawson. And I am Will Anderson. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't you hate that? When you say something at the same time as someone else. Yeah, sometimes. I don't know. Whatever. It's not a big deal in the grand scheme of the world. Do you ever find... Have you ever wanted to contribute to a conversation so badly, though? It's like when you're standing outside, like when girls are skipping rope, and you're like, I want to, I want to, I just want to say, I just want to say, will you, in that instance, will you barge your way in? No. I have a forum for listening, people listening to the things that I have to say, and I don't think that that many things that I have to say are that interesting. So if I'm in a situation where I don't have to contribute, that is like my ideal situation. I like to watch people. I like to listen to other people's conversations. I found that a lot uh, here in comedy rooms because I'm going to the back of these comedy rooms and they all know each other and I don't know any of them. So I'm just like the new kid in the corner. Yeah. And so you really do just sit there and watch for like two hours other people talk to each other. Yeah. But they all know each other and they've all got jokes together and they're all bouncing off each other and you're just a impartial observer. And then you go back the next night and you maybe know them a little bit better. But no, I don't feel any urge to, to butt in at all. But you've never, so you don't get excited with conversations where you're like, and then, and then this happened. Oh, see, now you've twisted, like I was twisting it like I was, you know, a cool guy and I was happy to listen to everything. But now the way you've said it makes me feel like I'm not interested enough in anybody's conversations to be <laughs> captivated by them. You know, it's amazing. All I said was one sentence. Yeah. And you've turned, it, you've turned the dagger, you sucked the dagger in on the first one and then you twisted it in your own heart. Yeah. I'm not saying anything negative. I wasn't implying anything negative. Right. No, well, I don't get caught up in the emotion of other people's uh, conversations, no. Well, I grew up in a big family, so... Yeah. Like, if you, you conversation just had, you portions. You just had to get in where you could. Yeah, conversation portions were tiny. You had to really just, like, you know, you had to, you know, how they say, like, uh, a lot of athletes, really good athletes, come from the youngest of a very big family yeah. of, of athletes. Well, big family of talkers. <laughs> so to get a word, a word in edgewise. Yeah, I was the opposite. I had, like, two or three clear years where it was just me of the kids. So I got all my talking done. Yeah. All the shit I really had to say I got off my chest then. And then I was like, can we please get someone else to shoulder at least half of this load? And then after a while I got bored with that and then we needed another one so it could be like a three-way. <laughs> and it, now it's great because like my sister and my brother talk to my parents all the time. Like they're, like my brother lives on the same farm as them and my sister's like, and mum looks after her kids all the time and they're all really close. So they do all the talking that's necessary. So you know how you used that analogy a couple of weeks ago about your um your your left arm is useless. Your right yeah. arm does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> Are your brother and sister your right arm? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'm the left arm. Um, I might have come out first, but that was the only time <laughs> that I've ever been for only the second where the arm was out, where the other arm wasn't out. That was the most useful arm that I had. <laughs> no, I don't really like to talk. I know that seems weird for someone who talks for a living, but I think because I do talk for a living, I I happily go like entire days and never speak to anybody like you know um and 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 I don't mind it at all well that's the classic clown uh, stereotype though isn't it is that you know the clown who entertains people on stage is actually you know behind closed doors quite dull or you know depressed or tragic like you know I also live in a cave and fight crime <laughs> no it's like it does feel like a bit of a secret identity when you describe it like that. Yeah. But that's, I don't think that's what it is. I just think it's like... Um, no, I reckon there is definitely some merit to the idea that a lot of comedians are very, like, are shy people or... Because it's, it's a kind of idea of if you are scared of heights, throwing yourself out of the aeroplane, like, it's probably the best way to conquer your 
few years. I'm not saying it's for every comedian, but my, I know a lot of comedians. I'm friends with a lot of comedians, and I would say that they all had a reserved nature and that the comedy is definitely some kind of catharsis. Like, they're not necessarily the most vocal or um, extroverted people at a party, but, you know, they definitely have that side to them, which they can only express, you know, when they're on stage or in front of a microphone. Uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Like, I, I, I always think that I am an absolute disappointment to people when they meet me, like in almost all occasions, particularly when they're like, oh, you're not Adam Hills. I am disappointed. <laughs> this is awkward. I'm going to have to pretend I like what you do too, just to get out of this conversation. Um, but yeah, I do because I just like, I just have no particular desire to entertain people when they're not giving me money. You should go around to every single person who's misidentified you as Adam Hills yeah. and find out what their occupation is and yeah. just say like they're a plumber, call them up and when he comes to your door, say, ah. Oh, Oh, no, no, I thought you'd be uh, the other plumber. All right, sorry, sorry mate. mate, sorry. He's awesome. Yeah. Have you seen the way that he fucking clears shit out of pipes? He is the best, mate. Yeah. yeah. And it's family-friendly, too. Yeah. Not that sort of fucking dark, bitter shit that you're banging on about all the time. Order, order some Chinese food, you go to pick it up, you're like, oh, oh, oh wrong one. Oh, you're that Chinese place where you think you're enjoying it at the time, then uh, after you think about it, it's just like a really Oh, it just makes you feel dirty. It makes you feel dirty. Empty inside, you hates yourself. <laughs> That's what you should do. You should yeah. go around and track down all your, all the people who thought you were Adam Hills. And no, that, I mean, them. that does seem like a constructive use of my time. Like, I mean, I did have all these other projects that I've always thought I might get to, but I suppose just taking a year off to hunt down people who confuse me for Adam Hills. How long, how long would it take you? How many people do you reckon, if you had to put a number on it? Does oh, it happen more often than you can remember? Do I already know where they are? Like, you know, can I like they're knock within, a few of them over in the one city sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're all spread out over the world. It's all within Australia. All right. Okay. I, in a year. A year. I can knock it over in a year. Go around. With good planning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I might knock over like 30 or 40 in a day in like a major capital city or something like that. And then, like, maybe I, have, you know, I've got a day of travel, and then I knock over one or two. So, but that happens. I would just say every year I would not knock over how many I needed. But some, but some people, like, it, it, your your revenge plan is predicated on the idea that these people work in industries in which there are um, contemporaries, other options. Yeah. Like, if you open the phone book and this one guy you want to get revenge on is the only, mm. you know, like to say he's the only uh, pest killer in town, you can't call him and say, "Oh, I thought you were the other pest killer." I feel like that's not the first hurdle I would confront when embarking on this mission. <laughs> I feel like there may have been a few more insurmountable hurdles that arose before I even got to the point of stumbling upon somebody who has an occupation that nobody else does. <laughs> I feel like there might be some more simple hurdles that I might trip at like previous to that. Like what? I don't know, taking a year off work? <laughs> like explaining that to people? They're going to pay my mortgage. <laughs> Imagine me walking into my manager's office. I'm going to take a year off work. Oh, you're going to work on that like yeah, book you've been talking about or like you know, finish that movie script, you know, like you know, do something, travel a bit, you know, something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to track down everyone who's ever mistaken me <laughs> for Adam Mills. And I can't even remember what I was going to do once I found them. What was I going to do once I found them? You're going to uh, ask for their services. like. If oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm going to confuse them with somebody else. Yeah. And my management will be like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem like the greatest idea for a, for a TV show, but we think we can sell it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not a show. <laughs> oh, well, are you going to write a book about it or do a stand-up show about it afterwards? Like, you know, like I am Dave Gorman, you know, that sort of like, uh, no. Uh, well, in what form are you going to document it? 
I want nothing other than my own records, so to make sure that I've I've crossed them all off. But other than that, there will be no documentation. I'm purely just doing. I'm taking a year off. Okay, well, how will you pay your mortgage? Well, I'll just have to go and talk to the bank manager and see if I can like you know put get it put on hold for a year. I need to get my mortgage put on hold for a year. Oh yeah, why? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think that at every step there would be hurdles that I would confront way before why, I got to the point that why, one person has an occupation. Why do you have to take a year off work? Why could, could you not? Do you think it'd be incorporate that, that into a tour? No, you don't think, I don't think it'd be that time consuming. You could hire a private investigator to track down, give the names and numbers of all the people. The, the private investigator could find out who all these people were, and, and say instead of like, but there isn't he the one who's tracking you down? You could work it into your tours. You'd be like, Rockhampton, excellent. <laughs> Jenny Jones, waitress, Rockhampton. You could, I reckon you should totally do it. I think you should just, uh, yeah, you could. Easily. It would be an interesting way to, um, uh, like, plan a tour. <laughs> you would be going to some, some places, you're like, well, isn't there a beautiful big theatre in, like, a town that's only 20 minutes from here? Yes, but seven people in this town. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I possibly could do it as a tour. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. Now that I've incorporated it into my work life, I feel like it is a little bit more achievable. Yeah, I don't know why you immediately assumed you'd have to take the year off, but I think you could... I think you should speak... I don't know. It, I just speak felt like, management. They could it just work felt it to me <laughs> like it was a full-time obsession. Yeah. Like if I was going to do something like this, if you're going to develop a like a... Pathological... Yeah, obsession, <laughs> that you don't do that part-time. Yeah, right. Although I suppose if you look at like Dexter or whatever... He has a normal job. He's got a normal job. All those guys did. Dharma had normal... Yeah. Didn't Jeffrey Dahmer used to work on like a, a suicide prevention line or like a police hotline? One of those serial killers, the great irony was that he did like volunteer work at a call centre for people, you know, reporting crimes or whatever. And he sat next to like off-duty police officers and was taking calls. Like I think a woman, one of the cops he sat next to wrote a whole book about it. Like that, you'd feel pretty fucking dumb, wouldn't you? Yeah. What was the book called? I'm a big fat dumb idiot. <laughs> yeah, <I think> so. <laughs> Who does? I'm the worst cop of all time. I never fucking noticed. It, called? it has a, it has a name like the killer beside me or yeah. the killer right in front of my stupid fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> the book's called I checked Facebook too much. Yeah. And didn't pay any attention to my fucking job. Hey, speaking of uh, checking Facebook, mm-hmm. um, we were checking our like uh, Tofop downloads. And you told me that, like, we've been downloaded in, like, heaps of countries. Yeah. Do you want me to re- read the list? Yeah. Well, I mean, I assumed that Australia. I knew there'd be some people in Australia. That's our number one territory. Yeah. Um, and what would you say is number two? I would say America. Yeah. Quite handsomely, too. About a fifth of our listeners. Is that right? Or in America. Oh, hello, yeah. America. Uh, Good day, LA. <laughs> oh, shut <laughs> up. Stroof. <laughs> Crikey. Throw another shrimp on our Barbie. Um, what would you say is coming? Let's go to the Outback Steakhouse and enjoy ourselves. Uh, in third place, yeah, England. No, no, not England. No, hmm. close, close, uh, close neighbour of the United States. Close neighbour. Oh, Canada. Yes, Canada. Yep. Ah, oh, Canada, eh? Yeah. And then uh, England and New Zealand round up the top five. So that makes sense. Yeah, English-speaking countries, yeah. similar culture. I toured in New Zealand. I've toured to. Uh, I guess America and England. Yep. Number six. Oh, in Canada. I've been to all those places. Number six, Ireland. Again, put it in the same category. It's like an English-speaking Western culture, same kind of jokes. And I'm, yeah. and I'm half Irish. My mother's McSweeney. My mother's named Oileen McSweeney. Doesn't get much What? Oileen. Oileen. I thought you said Come her name on, was Oily McSweeney. Oileen. 
Like, I thought that was just, like, the greatest name of all time. Oily McSweet. Like, that is, like... I don't know what... That is a character from a Mark Twain novel. Oily McSweaty. Oh, Oily McSweeney. <laughs> like, I love it. What a great name. Well, it's not her But it's not her name. It's Ireland, no. Yeah. So, after Ireland, it gets a bit um, exotic. And this is what we're trying to work out, is how are we playing... I mean, some you'd say expats. Expats. But I'm hoping some aren't. I hope someone in Indonesia mm. or Spain or Japan or Taiwan or China or France or Singapore or Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, Malaysia, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates or Norway, I wonder what they would make of us having not being expats if they just stumbled a local. If there is anyone who is listening in one of those countries... <laughs> who is, isn't an Australian and has never been to Australia and is listening to us for some other reason, send us an email at yeah, our website. That would be fascinating. Like, I would love to know. Especially if English is not your first language. Yeah. Like if you Although, are, send us an email that we can read. Yeah, yeah. Get, like if English is not your first language, like get a friend. Well, run it through Google Translator. Yeah. <laughs> Do they work even? I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised we don't have universal translators yet. That seems to be like an easy invention. Yeah, boo, science. Yeah. Why can't we all just talk the one language and understand the one language? Yeah. Come on, why haven't you sorted that out yet? What, boo, science. What happened to Esperanto? Do you know the story behind Esperanto? Uh, El Esperanto. <laughs> El Esperanto. Uh, I believe it was a Mexican nobleman uh, who dressed in a cape to fight crime against the evil nobleman. Was that Esperanto? No. You seriously you, you don't know what Esperanto is? It's the uh, universal language, Charlie. Well, you're fucking with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Will. <laughs> Not you. Um, yeah, so do you know, what's the deal? That's the, that's the invented language. Yeah. yeah. The universal language. That's right. They came up with a language that was meant to be the sort of, the language that, you know, had no race. It was just, you know, the language of everybody. Yeah. Besides, they went, fuck that. We're just speaking English. You learn it. <laughs> That's exactly what happened, isn't it? <laughs> so what was it derived from? How come... We'll, we'll keep speaking English more and more loudly <laughs> until you learn to understand English. This is the arrangement. We don't care how many kids you have. We don't care that your countries have many more people and are much more important to the world than ours now. We are going to speak loudly in this language and you better fucking understand Do it. you understand these <laughs> words? English. Do you speak it? Man. We had an exchange student live with us for a year when I was 16. Waka waka wow wow. As a guy. Uh. Waka waka wow wow. <laughs> uh, a Japanese guy. And um, my mum was one of those classic Australians who, when she spoke to him, would raise her voice like three octaves and gesture wildly. Really? Yeah, like, but did would you speak you English? Like, do, well, not really. Not very well. Okay. They told us when um, they told us he was coming out, they said he spoke really good English, which is, you know, kind of. Why you sort of say, yeah, we'll have someone because it won't be that much of a hassle. Or this guy arrived and he spoke barely anything. Um, so mum would be like, you know, do you want to eat dinner and all this kind of stuff? And <laughs> for people who couldn't see that at home, because uh, we're, you know, podcasting, uh, Charlie, people got what I Charlie looked like he was trying to land a plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like it was, it was massive gestures. <laughs> you were playing to the seats at the back of the house. Well, we uh, thought his name was... Um, uh, uh, we thought his name was Kitty, hmm. as in K I D I, because he introduced himself as like Kitty. Da, 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 yeah. da. Uh, and we called him Kitty for a year, and then it wasn't until he left we realized his name was actually K I R I, Kiri, but because of the accent, it sounded like Kitty. 
And so we had been calling him Kiddy, as in kid and play, <laughs> for the better part of a year, and he never once corrected us. Really? Yeah. He was polite. Very polite. Well, Japanese, very polite. Yeah, very polite. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know what? Like, maybe collection- he just thought you both had speech impediments. <laughs> He's probably back in Japan going, these retarded Australians, <laughs> they could not even pronounce my name. They were idiots, man. <laughs> he idiots. Had, he had the biggest collection of porn I've ever seen. Like, I don't know if porn is not readily accessible in Japan, but this guy, it was like he was um, like a, a crazed Vietnam vet stockpiling weapons of the apocalypse. The amount of porn he was stashing in his room could have like, you know, even the most horny teenager, there would have been enough porn in there to last them like three generations. When the pornocalypse came. The pornocalypse. He, he would be the guy who controlled... Like, porn would be currency. Yeah, he'd be the king of barter town. Yeah, because basically what happened was everybody got to the point where they were like, technology developed, kind of like the rise of the machines. Yeah. So obviously, and we've all seen this happen. <laughs> What's the big thing that the internet, the most powerful, like, I think, invention of modern times, definitely yeah. in yeah. our universal consciousness and the way that, like, business and, and life is transacted is the internet, right? Yeah. Yeah, this thing that only happened in our lifetime mm. has transformed the way we as humanity live. Like from everyone being on fucking Facebook and sharing their secrets right through to, you know, the fall of governments across the Middle East have all been because of this incredible invention, the internet. It's like, it's amazing. Yeah. Like absolutely amazing. Yeah. The majority of what people do on the internet, and it's been the first time we've got an insight into what it is that everybody everywhere is into. Porn. Yeah. Everybody loves porn, right? Yeah. So basically, yeah, because porn used to be that thing that you'd imagine that like one person in the entire village liked porn. Yeah. And then the internet came along and then suddenly it was like, oh, everyone likes porn. Like everyone has looked at porn. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone is doing it in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have you seen how much of the internet is full of porn? Seriously. I, like, sometimes I just think there are so many people doing porn who is watching the porn? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's, sometimes when I'm looking on the internet, I'm like, is there anyone who hasn't done porn? Yeah. Because it feels like I have met, of all the people I've met in my life, whether it be they in person or on television or whatever, I've met, like, a lot of them have been porn stars. Really? <laughs> well, just because, like, you know, when you've, over the years, when you flick through things, you see a lot of different faces. Yeah. Like, you don't go back to, like, whereas I'm, if I'm watching TV, I'm watching the same cast yeah. of, like, 10 or 12 people yeah. every week, you know. Whereas on the internet, you never see, like, you don't, you just see new people all the time. It was like every, it would be like, that porn on the internet is would be like if you watched television and every time a show was on, it had different actors in it. Yeah. And sometimes it was shot really well and sometimes it was shot really badly. Yeah. But it was just, anyway, so everyone's getting so into porn, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, obviously the next step is going to be some sort of virtual reality sex okay. thing, right? Yeah. And um, so uh, they they get this virtual reality sex thing and everyone starts fucking their computers and fucking this virtual reality sex thing and the human race starts to die out. Yeah. Because people don't uh, have the need to fuck other people anymore. Yeah, they've got perfect fantasy. Yeah, totally. So eventually the rise of these machines, the machines overthrow, like, you know, the people who've been fucking them and whatever. And so now no pornography is available yeah. across the land. Yeah. Except for your exchange student. Yeah. Who has this, like, massive... Pile of porn. Pile of porn, which is now, like, the currency of So the what land. happens, though, but why would people need... Why is there an apocalypse? I don't understand. How does... So 
human well because we've basically become out. yeah computer fucking you know people yeah and eventually the machines are tired of just being used as Sex objects and they overthrow us. So they develop consciousness, and yeah. the first thing their consciousness tells them is, "I don't want to be objectified. Yeah. I, I want, want you to, to love like me as fucked. a yeah, exactly as a time. as the greatest invention of the 21st century." Yeah, <laughs> I'm not just some giant mechanical fuck toy to you. And oh, it, I have artificial intelligence. So, how, so how does it exact its revenge? Cuts off all the porn. Uh, yeah, it cuts off all the porn. It destroys the internet, and, the and internet, because the, the internet destroys itself. Or no, it just, it just, it just wipes all the porn, porn from the internet. The internet develops consciousness yeah. and eradicates its own porn. Yeah, totally. Cache. Yeah, so no one can do but porn. But can't humans keep just make new porn and upload it? Or it gets deleted straight away? Uh, all the cameras are destroyed as well. The computers can control cameras? Yeah, because everything's hooked into the internet. By so, any, so as soon as you... There's no way you can shoot something and upload it to... But you can Can you still shoot it? You can still like, get your handy cams and mobile no, phones and shit. No nothing. electronic devices. No, none of those devices. Because somewhere in this story, technology has all become interlinked and it's all controlled by... Yeah, it's hard. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right. So the computer destroys porn off the internet or yeah. takes it off and people can't create their own porn anymore? No. I mean, I suppose they could fuck in front of each other. Yeah. Like, you know, that's Does that happen? Close. Is it like, it's a bit like Wall-E, where in, you know, Wall-E, the humans become so plugged into, like, you know, the internet and, you know, drinks in a can and food in a can that, you know, they lose the ability to walk. It's kind of a similar thing. People get so plugged into the sex and they, they forget how to fuck. Yeah, totally. Their penises and their vaginas shrivel or something. So, well, they don't like, actually... Malnourished. They don't fit each other anymore because we've developed yeah, this sort right. of... Like, Because you know, the men's... The men have been putting their penises in these little kind of electronic socks to stimulate them during sex. Yeah. And uh, a byproduct of that is the electrodes have shriveled the man's cock down to like a little. It looks it looks like a, a fried sweet potato chip. <laughs> That's what all male penises look like in the future. And the women's vaginas, because they've been using like clit stimulators yeah. and like dildos and stuff, the clits have developed to like bulbous proportions, yeah. like the size of a, of a watermelon. Yeah. And the vaginas have become hollowed out, like just like an empty shell. Right. Yeah. So it looks like somebody's like um, put one of those like uh, boxing trainer things on the roof of a cave. Yes, right. exactly. Wow, that's well, <laughs> well summed up. Well summed well, up. Well, no, you painted just a perfect image for me, Charlie. It was immediately in my mind. So women have giant gaping vaginas yeah. with oversized clitorises and mm. men have tiny shriveled um, penises. So they can no longer fuck. Yet they're still stimulated and they want to fuck. Yeah. Um, can they not just masturbate? They have to find porn. Yeah, well, they can masturbate, but because they have so yeah, they have so gone to the point of stimulation, stimulation that they can't get off just through their imagination anymore. Because yeah, like you said, their brain has no capacity for memory because it's just been constantly images of porn and fucking and and legend spreads that there um that that there's a a man, a mysterious figure in the mountains of um New Tokyo, and so a group uh. Two, two men and two women go on a journey to seek him out <laughs> to find sexual stimulation again. And he's living there. Is he in a cave or is he in a basement? If he was stockpiling, you'd think he'd be in a basement. Or he could be a, like on a hut up in the hills. I, I always thought of him being underground. Okay. So they go out to a desert. Classic apocalypse imagery in a desert. They've followed the map to this right spot. He should be there, but they don't know. Then one of them uh, triggers a like a... a um, like a tripwire across yep. the ground. Right. And they get caught up in a net. <laughs> yeah. So he's gone a bit mad, Max. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, I don't know why you need to. 
I mean, in this, in this, this in the, in this kind of uh, maudlin view of the future, all that we've lost is the ability to watch porn on the internet. Yet suddenly, we've all also descended into a wasteland. Like, but we become so reliant on watching porn and stimulation that we, you know, I think we would like. I mean, I'm not just saying it about porn, but I'd say, say we lost all technology tomorrow, yeah. it would take a period of adjustment. People would, people would be fine eventually yeah. without technology. But in the short term, we realise that all the things that we've become really reliant on technology for. Yeah. You know, a lot of things don't start without technology or whatever these days. You know, so it's, uh, it's one of those things where I think, you know, we'll become more and more reliant on this sort of visual stimulation. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can't see anymore. But why is The it... next step is, honestly, that there'll be some sort of 3D thing that you can find. But why has it led to the downfall of the human race? Like, while we're all plugged in to the internet watching uh, the best porn ever created... Um, were we also not like building houses and shit like that or, you know, farming food and stuff like I that? I guess we were going to do our job because we still didn't pay for the fucking broadband yeah. or whatever it was. Well, maybe maybe we reached a point as a society where, um, like, have you heard about the Venus Project? It's just kind of, um, there's a guy called Jacques Fresco who has been sort of pushing this kind of utopic vision of, of if we did it away with a monetary society, how we would all live. And his basic idea is that every city becomes like it has a computer central nervous system and the computers control all transport, farming, construction. So there's a no need for people to have jobs and earn money. Is, people, is that his recipe for disaster plan? That's when the machines take over, man, is when you come up with these sort of societies that are reliant on some sort of central nervous system. That is when the fucking machines take well, over. So that's man. what, so that's what you're, he does what's happened. He doesn't suggest that. Yeah. But that's what's no, happened. No, of course he future. doesn't. He's all fucking into, it's a great idea. There's always a character like him in The Terminator. Some dude who had the good intentions of inventing this, you know, brilliant world that we could all live in together until the machines took over and took away our porn. So you're saying Skynet has just... Skynet has achieved consciousness. Yeah. And it's taken away the porn. Yeah. But the reason I was bringing up Jack Fresco is I'm saying is the reason we're all plugged into porn because this same computer system, which is stimulating us, has also taken over all construction, transport... So there's no need for us to have jobs? I guess so. I guess that could be the so case. So when we come out of the porn, the internet porn universe, there's still a world to inhabit and it's not like it's a wasteland, is it? No. Okay. Which makes our hero's choice to live in a cave in the middle of the desert melodramatic. You know, he knows... It's a great way to introduce a character. Yeah. But he's, he's done it for effect himself. Well, he's probably gone off the grid. Because maybe he's gone totally off the grid. Maybe when the, when the, exactly in, the, when the internet pulled all the porn off, it also sent droids out to destroy all printed pornography. Totally. And so he took a jeep up into the mountains yeah. with all the porn he could carry. Got off the grid. There's probably some chip because you know they're talking about these days about you having a chip in your like wrist or whatever that you can have your credit card details. No, on. I didn't know that. Are yeah, really? like this is the thing that really thinking about. You just get a little chip in and then you can flick it into your credit card basically. And that is like, to me... Every time you wank, it makes that credit card beep, beep sound. <laughs> beep, beep. Swipe it again. Beep, beep. You've been denied. <laughs> you're overdrawn. <laughs> your limit. Um, uh, I'm sorry, your masturbation's been declined. Don't leave home without it. Um, it's, it's one of those things where I think that something like that has definitely happened. So, like, you know, you've got a chip in your head or whatever, and he's had to go off the grid. So he's... Yeah, dug the chip out of his head. Yeah. And he's living in a bunker. Masturbating. Masturbating furiously. Because he's, he's, li- he's living in constant fear that it's going to be taken from him at any second. He knows what's happened to the rest of the world. So he's like, God damn it, I'm taking 
my best pornos. Yeah. And I'm going to fucking drive to the mountains. I'm going to just jack it until the machines come to kill me. Totally. Yeah. But he was so good at hiding that the machines never came. He's going to go out in a blaze of glory. That was his. <laughs> but when they found him, because he's been masturbating furiously. He's developed belief... a really strong arm. That's right. That he can use to fight. <laughs> It was one massively, just a massive, like, Hulk arm that he can just bash dudes with. Like, it's like he's, it's like basically he's been working out with a shake weight. Yeah. For all this time. And it's like, it it actually does work. And he's developed, and he's like, so that's the only thing that can take on the machines. Yeah. Is his one hand, which is really good with computer skills, and his other hand that is really good at just bashing through stuff. It's brilliant. So to bring the conversation full circle, mm. if you're from another country, what did you just make of that entire discussion? <laughs> There's some pretty weird places on there. Uh, I, I would like and if, encourage people if you know them in in different countries to to join up and have a listen because I I love the fact that we're in all these different places. I could go there and do comedy to the four people who've downloaded. We don't know what's the smallest. Uh, Norway. Norway. How, how many downloads have we had in Norway? Oh, let's not go to numbers. No, let's just say. I mean, we, well, we know it's the smallest, okay. it's right? It's the smallest. So 90, 94 times. I, so arguably, it could be three people who have downloaded every episode. Or it could be like uh, one person who's downloaded, you know, every episode uh, three times. Or So I think <laughs> so it's... So one person in Norway who's not very good at downloading things on computers <laughs> <laughs> is really racking up our numbers. Um, you know, well, I, I like that idea though, cause like there's something really charming about the fact that three people in an entire country of people a are share. following something that, you know, that we're doing. Like, do you know what I mean? That, like, imagine in one country, there's just three people. I like, I love the idea that those three people don't know each other, Yeah. but one day they could be like sitting together on a train or whatever. No, and that, they put, that'd, that'd be at a, a video store. Yeah. And misery would be playing. Yeah. And one of them would look up and go, <laughs> just laugh. And the other one would be like, You're not laughing at <laughs> Kathy Bates to the future, are you? <laughs> well, you mean And then so. they would bond together. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be brilliant. Tofop. Yeah. Bringing lonely, lonely people <laughs> across the world. It would be interesting to know, though, if they didn't speak English. I mean, would you ever attempt to listen to a podcast if you could don't, just so you could only understand every third word? Or you could get the gist, but not specifics. How long would you give that fucking podcast? Um, I sometimes, I, I guess if it's just audio, not very long. You're talking about watching like Spanish soaps or something? Yeah. I, I will watch like the wrestling with the Mexican commentary sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I don't mind that. And sometimes I'll watch like a soccer highlights because like that's all soccer should be. They should play the games, but they shouldn't invite anyone to the games. Yeah. And then they should just... Like, show everyone the highlights. Because like, soccer highlights are awesome. Yeah. Like, that three minutes of them showing the goals and the best bits of soccer every week, I love. And so I'll watch that in a different yeah. language. But yeah. I wouldn't see it through 80 minutes of soccer. No. In general. <laughs> but Even with English-speaking no, commentators. English, I wouldn't care. Yeah. You, hey, you don't want to alienate... The sound of, the sound of Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis... Uh, having sex together from Black Swan, if they just loop that sound over the top of soccer, I still wouldn't want to watch it. Oh, really? I, and that's, you know what, and I love sport, and that's not a judgment against soccer, because I've heard all the arguments, and I understand the arguments about why soccer's good. I just personally don't enjoy it. That's all it is. I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's the world sport. I don't enjoy it. 
Why are you? Oh, I don't understand why you're having to launch this defense. It'd be okay if you did not like soccer. I know, but I but that's just my honest feelings about soccer. Is that I? It's like one of those. I know, things, but I, soccer but is you like did cl- make, you soccer make... is like classical music to me. I know that I should appreciate it. I know that it's good for me. I just don't like it. You know? Yeah. Like I understand that. Like if I have Metamucil, I'll have a really like regular solid shit. But I don't want to really have So now you're saying soccer's like shit. No, Dude, I'm saying it's regular. No wonder you, you know, put, the, <laughs> put the disclaimer in your statement. No, look, I agree. I mean, I, I don't mind soccer. I, I don't think I'd ever sit down and watch a game. I just, I like scoring. I like to see games with scores. And uh, I just, yeah, I just get bored. And you know what the thing for me too is... I'm the people, same about cricket people, now. People though. say that um, the good thing about soccer is that, like, you know, the tension build up and you never know when, you know, they're going to score. And I understand that on an intellectual level. Mm. When I play, when I watch soccer, like if I've watched Australia in the World Cup or something like that, I just feel nervous <laughs> the whole time that we're going to lose, like the whole time. So it's just like this whole time I'm just like, and the only thing I feel if they get a goal is relief. <laughs> so it's basically just nervous pent-up emotion yeah. and or if I'm lucky, some relief. Yeah. I never get to experience joy. Yeah. It's like, like uh, it's like Russian roulette. It is like Russian roulette. Thank God I didn't die. <laughs> and that is how I feel when I watch. And that's just not. It's like I really am dying for a piss, and I'm worried that I won't get to the fucking public restroom <laughs> before I wet myself in the middle of a shopping mall. That's how I feel <laughs> about soccer. And like a goal is if I actually get to the urinal, and like I have that like that piss of relief. That's how I feel. That doesn't make me feel good. It just makes me feel like, thank God, I didn't wet myself in the middle of a mall. Have you, um, do you, are you one of those people who has to do like regular stops? Can you hold on if you need? Like just say you're at a shopping centre and it's a 15 minute, walk to the car, 15 minute drive to get home. Will you hold on? It's one of the reasons that I don't want to live past about 65 is I am going to be like a fucking sprinkler. <laughs> Like, seriously. Hello like, and welcome to Tafal! <laughs> the start of episode, when we're in our 60s, we're doing it. I honestly, if we are in our 60s and we are doing this, somebody please come to where we are right now, find where we are, and kill us. No, th- no, it's our, it's our reunion tour. Oh, right. We get, we get discovered, like, uh, once we're washed up, yeah. so in about five years, yeah. uh, people rediscover our tapes, and where they, they, they find, like, we become really popular on like a uh, like a TV show in you know 20, 2030, say yeah, and they probably say, in some ironic way yeah that's right that's like, right so, it's some, like some oh my young God, hipsters you believe, yeah adopt us as like a really as a, like a punchline yeah we're for like, their jokes we're like Doug Anthony yeah and so but it gives us a bit of a career boost anyway yeah but they they track us down and you're living on a farm somewhere yeah. uh, on your own not talking to anyone. <laughs> And oh, I am, well, Dad would be happy that I've gone back to the farm. Yeah, that's right. So where, where even I, though I'm a dangerous loner. Where am I? I'm kind of back working in the equivalent of a video store, <laughs> except it's 2030. So it's actually just like a glass box where people call me <laughs> and I press a button on the computer and they get their film. <laughs> and all I do is watch movies all day. Yeah. Uh, so they drag us out and they put us back on the road. And so we start doing TOEFOP again. Right. But you've got uncontrollable bladder control. Well, I was going to say uncontrollable bladder control. <laughs> but you can't control your bladder, so every five seconds you're spraying piss all over my face. Yeah, I can, I can barely do it now. And I know you're meant to try to hold on so that you, you know, build up some powers so that when you're 60, Are you, is that really? 60, you don't have to wear a nappy. 
Yeah, you're not meant to piss too regularly. You're meant to let it build up a little bit so you kind of, you know, exercise your muscles. And then, like, when you're older, you won't, like, fucking leak all the time. So did you never do that? No. I'm really good at it. I don't like to hold on. I've held my bladder, like, across state lines. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I'd rather die young than hold on to your hold piss. Hold on to my piss. That's just the decision that I've made to live in the net. Are you one of those dudes who can piss anywhere, though? Because I hate those dudes. What do you mean? Like, you're, wa- you're walking down, like, a, you know, it's Flinders Street on a Thursday afternoon and you'll see a dude fucking pissing in it behind some bins because he couldn't wait till he got to work. Yeah, I am one of those guys. Ah! <laughs> I mean, seriously? I grew up in the country, man. You can just piss everywhere. It's not the country now, man. I know, but, like, you know what? You just get, there's a little bit of that in you. You keep that in you as you grow up. Even though I've gone out in the world and lived in the inner city and sipped cafe lattes. Oh, don't fucking pull the working class man on me. I still I know where you live. I I, know what you do for a living. You cannot pull the blue collar I can still piss where I like. There's a little bit of country in me. Were you about to say, you know, back when I was a broadie boy, you sound like (laughs) another media commentator. No, well, that's, that's just my roots, Charlie. You can't deny that. Spent the first 17 years of my life on a farm. So, yeah, and you spent know, the last, where like... Where you can piss where you like. 17 years, like, developing very, like, white-collar tastes. I'm just saying, the one bit of me that remains... <laughs> Thank God for the rest of us. <laughs> but the one thing you didn't hold on to, the country charm, hospitality... Ability to make scones. <laughs> All no. you held on to is the ability to piss wherever you want. Yeah. So I love... Quiet drive through the country and you're you know, going through the fields and you see Farmer Joe pissing on a lamppost. Then you pull into the main street, you go to a pie shop and you see Mrs. McKenzie squatting over a fucking bowl. I've pissed in a bottle in the car. Really? While, yeah. while driving? Yeah, while driving. How did you do that? Well, not while actually driving, while I pulled up because okay. I was stuck in traffic and couldn't get somewhere that, you know. Whoa! And I thought I was going to die. What kind of bottle was it? I don't know, like, you know. A um, 1.25? Yeah, it was like, yeah, 1.25. That's exactly what it was. It was, it was a 1.25. Thank God you had it in the car. How often would you have an empty 1.25 in your car? Oh, uh, yeah, more often than you'd think. Really? Yeah, I, I really like soft drink. Yeah, you do, actually. Yeah. You've been drinking Dr. Pepper like it's fucking gone in a style. Yeah, I'm, uh, again... Which that's... I think it has. <laughs> <laughs> Literally because I drank so much of it. Yeah. Uh, well, why has Dr. Pepper suddenly gone out of style? Someone's like, there is... Look, we've looked at the math... And there is this one Seven Eleven that is going through Diet Dr Pepper, like it's going out of style to the point where it is literally gone out of style. <laughs> uh, so, how did you did you stuff your dick inside the? Well, I didn't st- stick it inside because I couldn't like it, it fit would, it. Yeah, fit it inside. You could have stuffed the head in though. Yeah, you kind of aim the head in, you know. But you didn't stuff it in like a marshmallow. No, I was worried to get stuck. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, as if you're stuffing it in, there's like a. You turn around, it's like, uh, can we see your license? And you're like, ah, oh, just give me a minute. It's like, when you got there, hold your hands up. You're like, no, I can't. Change you out of the car. Your fucking Todgers tucked into a Coke bottle. They're taking I can explain this, officer. They're taking photos. Yeah. It's on Facebook in half an hour. It's in the papers yeah. the next day. Oh, so this was when you were Will Anderson. I was thinking it was like when you were 18 or something. <laughs> now, this is recently. Yeah. Oh, my God. That could have been the next year Grant scandal. 
Yeah. It would have been a photo of the, the cover of the paper would have been a photo of you with like holding up the fucking mug shot and then a photo of a bottle, like Divine Brown. No, I would have improvised my way out of it. I would have been like, I, I know I'm drinking it for health reasons. I'm on this, like, you know, I have to bottle my own urine and then, or I have to like do a drug test so I was bottling it up so I could. But you still can't, take it. You can't, still can't expose yourself, can you? Is it exposing yourself if, if it's in your car? No, you can do what you like in your car, can't you? Well, if you're outside of primary school, you're going to raise some questions. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It does have to do with the location of your car. I, but I would have thought that you, you're fine. Like, I mean, you can't do what you like. It's not like you can so break you, the law right. while you're in there. But, okay, so but if you pull into like... But a, people like put out okay? the window of their car and start picking their nose. Like, it's your own broke spot. If you pull into a, a city, like a suburban street, quiet suburban street, yeah. and you just pull your pants down and just sit there and have a snooze just with your pants down. <laughs> why? Is that, well, is that indecent exposure? No, I want to know why you did it first. No, I'm just, I don't know. Just as a test, as an experiment. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that probably is indecent exposure. Okay. But you said that you could have your cock out in the car. Yeah, if you have a quick wee into a bottle. You can't leave it out. No. Like, if I had the wee into the bottle. Okay, what if you pull I can't in, just, just leave my cock out. What if you pull into the suburban street? Yeah. And you pull out your cock for five minutes right. and then tuck it back in. And is well, that like well, a, is well, that, is that, out. Is that an offence? Just so you get caught retrospectively, there's a CCTV camera and yeah. they get your registration and they say, Mr. Anderson, you pulled into uh, this street here and you seems from the video you pulled your penis out, you sit there for five minutes approximately and put your penis back in and drive away. Can they charge you with anything? Um, yeah, they probably could charge you with the indecent exposure, but I'd say something like, um, I was driving along and I felt this like burning in my crotch like a bee had stung me or this had been something and I just... Needed, I, I knew it wouldn't be safe to drive in the state I was at, so I really needed to cool down my crotch area. So I put in this place where I knew there'd be no people around, and I was just like, you know, trying to so I could get home and, and, you know, obviously address what had happened. Like, I certainly didn't mean to cause any offense. At least that's what I said when it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that a pre pre pre? Oh, I can't say it. Was that a prepared statement? Yeah, that's right. That's what my lawyers advised me to say <laughs> if this question came up while we were doing the podcast. Can you be nude in your backyard? I think if you, your fence is high enough, yeah. If you've got to, you can't be nude in your front yard if there's like no fence. It goes straight out to the street. No, I think that's. I mean, I think it's basically if anyone can see you. Like if if anyone can see you reasonably. Like I mean, yeah, okay, I don't think you have to defend against someone in a hot air balloon with a. You what know. if what if you're surrounded by like actually where in my backyard I'm surrounded by high rises, yeah. apartment buildings, and they all look down into my backyard. So if I, my morning routine was to go out and do tai chi in the nude in the morning, uh, could my neighbours complain to the police and say there's a gentleman in his backyard? Yes. Or would the police say, well, stop looking into his backyard. It's yeah. his private property. Shut your blinds. Yeah. What? Do you think? I don't think you can control where people look. So I, I think that, you know, you would be the one who's in trouble. Are you like, serious? You know, say it's, to my, someone, it's my backyard. Don't look into their backyard. No, if you don't want people to look in your backyard, you've got to build a big fence. There's no law that says that people can't look. If there was, people wouldn't have to build fences. You could just say, don't look in my yard. It's the law. But couldn't I argue that um, uh, that uh, you didn't know you were being observed? Yeah, the first, how, how the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you could argue that. <laughs> like I think that would be f- perfectly legitimate. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't actually think that anyone could see me. Of course, I, I won't do that again. But if you're out there again the next morning doing the fucking downward dog in the Nicky Nuna, it's like you cut to like in a Randwick police station. The phone rings. It's like hello. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, guess what it is? And they all go Clawson. Yeah, it's the butt. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, officer, I had no idea. <laughs> it's like the twelfth time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that, I think there's like a, an intent and a you know sort of reasonable doubt. I think that's a bit rough. I think if you want to be nude in your own backyard, then it should be other people. If other people have got a problem with it, that's their problem. Like it's your space. It's your bit of land. <laughs> I'm a bit of a nudist. I do actually go into my backyard nude quite a bit. Really? But I'm quite confident that no one could see me. I, I okay. I must admit that I. Will if it's hot in summer, I will um, go from the house and jump in the pool, which is out like in the back of yeah, obviously in the back of the house. Um, and I might do that in the nude. Yeah, right. Because you know it's like it's summer. It's well, hot. you got a fucking pool, and if I've got a pool. If you've worked hard enough to be able to afford a pool, you should be able to fucking <laughs> swim nude. You know what I mean? Like, I think the pool is you know that's a it, it serves a practical function, but just yeah. from like a self esteem point of view, it's like I've worked hard enough that I can fucking strut out nude. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It affords you that kind of relaxation. There is something about a pool that makes people want to get nude too. I don't really know what that is. but I don't think it's pools. I think it's water. People like to get nude in water. Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's only that a pool like is a good way to you know capture contain water. Contain all the. <laughs> I thought, I was say water to contain the nudity. I'm thinking yes. How much nudity can it catch? <laughs> well, I was thinking it more contained the water, but the the nudity is contained in the water. So I guess yeah, I mean, there's something very sensual about like nudity, like going for a, a like skinny a dip. dip. Skinny dip. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw boobs. It was I think I, I might have talked about this. Jodie Scott. Um, and uh, she uh, took her top off in our above-ground swimming pool on New Year's Eve, and, like, you know, we were all kind of swimming in between each other's legs and, you know, like, you know, it's like when you're a teenager. No, I never did that when I was a teenager. Really? I never went skinny dipping. How old were you? Uh, I'm going to say I was probably 13. and She she was, like, 14 or 15. God! That would have yeah. blown my motherfucking mind. Be a bit, I think that's about right. Did, like, she, did she know what she was doing? Yeah, definitely. And how, how many people were in the pool? Uh, uh, maybe there was like eight or ten. Like wow, mostly kids. that is a confident chick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And how many guys, how many girls? Um, I'll probably about even, but we would have been the eldest of the like people. There would have been much younger wow. as well. Wow. Yeah, totally. It's what still a, like, I still remember that. A, like so, like, and the moonlight... Like as it's I'm so trying poetic. to see the moonlight over the water because I'm like trying to actually like yeah. see her boobs yeah. as opposed to like, you know, it sounds, it's really dark to be honest. It sounds like a scene from an art house European film about coming of age, like, you know, my life as a dog. Like it's so kind of romantic. Except that in my life as a dog, they had an earlier in the day pulled the trampoline over to the side of the pool and it soaped it all up so that we could do big bombs. <laughs> in the pool. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I remember that as being like a real sort of, you know, the year my voice broke. Yeah, you right. know, um, sort of, you know, awakening of my sexuality moment. I don't think I had that. Uh, I, don't, I definitely didn't. I didn't really see boobs. Like, I didn't know any girls who were like exhibitionists growing up. Like, if anything, they were like totally prudes. I thought maybe it's Catholic because I went to Catholic high school. Actually, a lot of Catholic girls I knew were very, very kind of prudish through high school, and then when they got out of high school and discovered guys. Yes. They're like, what the fuck? You know, because yeah, I think yeah. they get it drummed into them by the nuns. Yeah. Uh, some of them who are kind of quite militant in their sort of feminism. It's just like men are only after one thing, which, yeah. you know, when you go by the Catholic schoolgirl <laughs> fetish fantasy, it's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> they do get fetishized. Yeah, I mean, definitely. There must be a period where you're like, you know, when you've walked through the desert, you know, 
that you enjoy your next drink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, if you come on a boat as a refugee from another country and they take you to Sizzler and say, we've paid you fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, get cracking. You know, you, you're probably going to not just go, I'll have a salad. You're probably going to like, you know, have a real crack at it. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. But I never, um, never went skinny dipping. Never, not as a teenager. That came later. I actually had a story, uh, some friends of mine were telling me on the weekend um, about how they met and uh, they had done some show at like a theatre near Bondi and they were kind of had known each other at drama school um, and were sort of like, you know, just flirting and stuff. And they went down to Bondi to have a midnight swim and they went for a skinny dip. And when they came out, the girl said, um, oh, the worst part about skinny dipping is then having to put your clothes back on, like, you know, putting dry clothes off on wet skin. So the guy said, well, how far do you think you can get? She's going, what do you mean? He's going home. So she's going, I don't know. So they just grabbed their clothes and they ran home from Bondi Beach, like six blocks through Bondi to get to their house. And they got there. Isn't that an awesome story? That is an awesome story. And again, very romantic. It's incredibly romantic. Yeah. Like you'd have to, I mean, you could probably, you know, see out 10, 12 years of a bad relationship just based on how good that story is to tell at dinner parties. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost too good to be true, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, I mean, you could put that in a movie and people would be like, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, if that was Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman, people would be like, oh, yeah, this is a good start. I don't know. I wonder if you put that in a film like Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman where you, you go, ah, this is hackneyed. Because it almost is so like romantic and stuff. Maybe if you put it in a film... All right, maybe we have it, to ca- cast more edgy people. Yeah, it'd have to be like, like Ryan, maybe Ryan Gosling. Ling and Zooey Deschanel. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> did you see um, 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I did like it. Oh, did you not like it? I hated it, yeah. I, don't I like a romantic comedy in, in general, so I, I should put that on the table. I'm like, I, I think When Harry Met Sally is one of the all-time great films, and I know that is not a cool nor popular thing to say, but I think it is a perfect bit of movie-making. I'm not a hipster basher. I consider myself part hipster. But that was one of the most... On your mother's side, right? Hipsterific fucking film. Like when, uh, you know, you find out that they both bond over the pixies, it's like... Uh... Could you have picked a more fucking stereotypical and like, Why and isn't it? They do. They bond over Sonic, the pixies. Why isn't it Sonic Youth? <laughs> they quote a Morrissey oh, God. lyric. I mean, I, I, I also did when I was watching that think. You went to the hipster handbook. I was like, wow, these are a lot of things I was into in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but because I also do like all those things. You know, I was kind of like, oh, well, you know what? When do I get to see a movie where they quote Morrissey and I know that it's Morrissey? And, you know, the, the truth of it is that probably a lot of people don't. Like, that's what I felt like at the Grammys. Like, when everyone was like, who's Arcade Fire? Oh, yeah. You know? And I was like, they serious? Like, to me, Arcade Fire seemed like a really established band that, like, had been headlining but, festivals. And that all your friends know. All my friends would know Arcade Fire and all my friends would think they're one of... Like their favourite bands, you know? Yeah. Uh, this idea that nobody knows who they are. <laughs> so sometimes you just go, well, this is not our world. And so yeah. when I see something like 500 Days of Summer, I go, okay, well, you know, it, it, at least they're mentioning the fucking Pixies and, you know, Morrissey and stuff like that. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I know it's not like, you know, all the way, but and she is cute. Zooey Deschanel. She's Katie. Is it Zooey or Zoe? I think it's Zooey. Katy Perry. She's a bit Katy Perry. She's like a more indie Katy Perry. Yes, she's indie Perry. Yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like somewhere I've been on tour 
Andy Perry. Well, you know the guy who directed Five Hundred Days of Summer is doing the Spider Man reboot. Yeah, uh, Andrew Garfield. No, that's the that's the guy. Oh, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield's the, the Spider Man. I can't remember his name, mm. but um, that'll be interesting. Hipster Spider Man. You just yeah. see him hanging out in cafes in Brunswick, doing beat poetry, <laughs> <laughs> wearing hats, voting. Democrat. Just getting rid of the yeah, voting Democrat, uh, voting Greens. Yeah, definitely voting Greens. Yeah, driving his Prius. He's <laughs> always got a bike. Some sort of basket on the front. He goes to learn tie cooking on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Hipster Spider Man. <laughs> who's his? Who's his villain? An- Andrew Bolt. Is <laughs> <laughs> his arch nemesis. Andrew Bolt would be good, actually, like a right-wing sort of, um, you know, newspaper columnist. Yeah, John, like, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Jana Jamison would be, yeah. yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. Is it Jay? Hang on, what's his name? Jay, 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 uh, oh. Is it Jonah Jameson? Joe Jay, what did I say Joe Jonah Jameson? I think it's his name Jonah. Is Jonah Jameson, isn't it? No, no it's oh, Jonah Jameson. Jonah? Janet Jackson. <laughs> I'll cut this Is it out. Jermaine Jackson? The guy, what's his name? Jo- I think it's Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could the, be. The Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Nick Jonas. I um, uh, follow Zooey Deschanel on Twitter. Yeah. And I, it's weird. I really do follow her in that way that I'm going, every time she tweets something, I judge it as if, like, we would get along as a couple. Yeah, right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's really funny. Yeah, I think that's funny too. Oh, yeah, we'd be a cool couple. Yeah, I'm doing that with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. From uh, Scott Pilgrim. And has there ever been times where they've said anything where you go, oh, oh maybe we, we wouldn't get it along? Or has it mostly been stuff where you go, oh, yeah, we'd be an awesome couple? I think I think she and I would get along really well. Yeah. But I think she might be a bit too conservative for me. Like, she seems to stay in a lot, you know, mm. and she's and she's sort of, like, tweets from home. And yeah. I, yeah, I think I'd... You know, I'd like to go out a bit more than right. she does. But well, maybe, though, maybe but, if but you I guys like were a couple, she'd be really into going out. But maybe just at the moment she doesn't have any nah, she wants I to think, go I think she's married. <laughs> I looked creepily <laughs> through her wedding videos, which she posted a link to on Twitter, yeah. her wedding photos, and I looked at all her wedding guests <laughs> and looked at her husband and imagined, like, my head replaced <laughs> creepily. No, I didn't. But I did look at her wedding photos and go, oh, her husband looks nice, and I think he's a musician, and her friends look nice, but they look kind of boring. Yeah, well, I, I, I've been profiling uh, uh, Zoe Deschanel in the same way as you've been profiling her, where you, you know, start to you know, think about, okay, well, that works. And she's a, she's a vegan, yeah. which as a calm vegetarian, I think we could make that work as like dinner choices. Yeah. Um, she uh, is married to a musician as well, but like, you know, they seem to have, do really cool things like have dance-offs and stuff to settle arguments. Oh, because she tweets that. Yeah. And I, 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 in my head, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I would love to settle an argument with a dance-off. But, but I don't actually think that I would. Yeah. I think that that's a thing that... The fantasy of living in yeah. de Chanel. In movies, if, in a scene, if we had to settle something by a dance-off, yeah. brilliant. But in my day-to-day life, if we had to settle whether we were going to get fucking Thai or Japanese for dinner, yeah. and we had to fucking have a dance-off every time we had to make a decision that we had to settle, yeah. I'd get bored of that. Yeah. I'd be like, really? Do we have to fucking dance again? <laughs> Can we just not fucking pick one? Can we flip a coin? Something? So what you're trying to say is your fantasy relationship with Zooey Deschanel has already run into it's problems. Crumbled. <laughs> it's crumbled. 
The things that I loved about her initially are now really starting to shoot me up the wall. We can't fucking eat anywhere because she's vegan. Oh, and she's like gluten intolerant or something as well. You might as well just fucking eat dirt and breathe. Like seriously, Zoe. And like you're yeah, losing me. Yeah, and there's all this fucking dance off. Where do you get the energy? All you eat is well, dirt. I thought it was funny and cute at the start. Now it's just annoying. Yeah. And I didn't realise that that was your sister in Bones. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought your sister was Katy Perry. Yeah. <laughs> that would really shit her. You should just tweet her constantly, but like uh, somehow hashtag it with Katy Perry or hashtag it with like Loved Your Latest Album or something like Katy that. Perry. But it's always good to take a public forum to make a joke at the expense of somebody that you quite admire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a misuse of Twitter. And this has been a misuse of a podcast, um, but we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, Tofop.com. For all if you're your... from another country, send us an email. Tell yeah. us where you're from. Go to Tofop. If you can understand the words that are coming out of our mouths. Send us an electronic mail. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back with some more Tofop bullshit next week. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 